My name is Craig Pickett. I'm an executive recruiter. More than a decade ago, I started my practice for one purpose, to use my experience as a former military aviator, business jet sales executive, and P&L leader to help aviation and aerospace companies and their executives be fast, adaptable, and strategic. I do these podcasts to inspire and inform, but more importantly, they are a focused platform to help business leaders grow. Welcome to the Aerospace Executive Podcast. Welcome back to the Aerospace Executive Podcast. Um, hey, I am thrilled to have uh, my good friend, Travis Roderick, on with me today. Travis is the president and CEO of a, a small air ambulance company down out of Tampa, Florida called Air Ambulance Worldwide. Uh, they've got uh, six Learjets or six airplanes in their fleet, uh, four Learjets, two Citations, and uh, two operating bases. And before COVID, they were doing about 90-some flights a month. And uh, business is good. So, uh, hey, Travis, welcome and thanks for coming on. Hey, so talk about real quick. You, know, you talked about executive coaches. I'm a big fan of executive coaches. What do you uh, – what do you, what's, what's the one or two things you really like to get out of an executive coach? Well, early on, and I'll, I, I go back and thank Tenet, Tenet Healthcare, who I work for. Um, I had a chance to participate in a group called Stegen Leadership Institute. And gosh, this was 15, 20 years ago, Craig. Um, it was a one-year intensive program, and they stuck us in there. I was the only healthcare guy, but there was 30 of us. And they were from all walks of life. I mean, everything that you could imagine. Uh, one of the good friends that I keep today owns a you know $100 million corrugated box company. Um, but one of the most intriguing leadership gurus I've ever met. Uh, but I'm active and I stay, stay involved with them. Uh, but we did everything from starting off with meaning, vision, and value, um, and then teamwork and communication and strategic thinking and integral decision making. Um, but I've continued to stay within that group and spend a lot of time with them. Uh, one of the advantages of the current company, uh, Air Ambulance Worldwide, is one of the uh, smaller investors is actually a um, I think he's president of the American Speakers Bureau. He's a published author, um, definitely a leadership guy. And uh, so they assigned him as, as my executive coach. And then also our chief operation officer utilizes him. And then he brings us together and has helped us learn to work better together. So, you know, I just, it's been, I've been blessed with great opportunities and really unique opportunities to learn from some of the best. Um, I read a lot. Um, I've got probably a hundred books on the shelf over here in the office. Um, and I break them out all the time, you know, for new thoughts, new ideas, or just refreshment on, on the old staples of how to run a good company. That's a great idea. Yeah, no, look, I, I'm a big, I always tell that I mentor some kids, some college kids at the local university. And the first thing I tell them is, you know, ditch all your loser friends and go find some winners and go find people that can really coach you in life. <laughs> I well, I appreciate kind of, that. And I, I appreciate that. what you've done for me. We've become friends over the last several months. And yeah. uh, you, you know this industry as well as anybody. So you've been a great advocate and a great friend. It's been a great ride. It's been a fun, uh, it's been a fun ride for sure. But uh, <laughs> so, so Air Ambulance Worldwide based in Tampa, Florida, you've got six airplanes. And obviously COVID is kind of 
hit the industry, everybody in the industry a little bit hard, but, uh, but you guys are, are muddling through it. Um, you know, what's, uh, you know, what's the plan for, you know, what's been the biggest challenge you've had coming into an industry you really were not familiar with and then getting hit by COVID. What do you, uh, what are you taking out of that? Well, you know, I think anytime you, um, enter into a new organization, it takes a little time to get the cadence down and to build trust and camaraderie with the team. Um, I won't lie to you, the first couple of months, they look at me and go, this guy's from healthcare and hospitals. What does he know? What the heck does he know? Um, But we've had a good opportunity to work together. And at the end of the day, it just really, you know, everything that I've done and been, been fortunate to be a part of, it came down to great people. Mm-hmm. a quality product or service, uh, making sure that people were aligned on the same vision and then just tactical execution. And uh, so we really focused a lot on that. But uh, again, I had the advantage of, um, the, I would say that learning plan that the equity team put in place was probably as vigorous as my master's degree. <laughs> I can imagine. So when I was a naval aviator, if an Air Force guy showed up, the immediate response was, you're not one of us. Um, <laughs> was that how you were welcomed in the hangars of Air Ambulance Worldwide? You know, they're a pretty welcoming group, um, pretty laid back. It's a pretty fun culture. But I will tell you, the immediate needs that I saw were along medical processes, procedures. Uh, we made some changes in medical direction and we needed some new medical equipment. So I buried myself in that project. So I felt comfortable with something I'd done before. <laughs> You've got a good team though. Were you comfortable just, you know, were they comfortable with you coming in saying I'm the new boss and you know, I, yeah, there's a lot of trust there. Yeah, the there boss, is. You don't know what you don't know. They're, they're looking at you going, this guy doesn't know a whole lot. There's a lot of trust. There is, Craig. We we kind of uh, handled the transition a little bit differently than I had in the past. I had the benefit, the founder of the company, Mark Jones, uh, 12 years ago, and he's still vice president. But when I came in, um, I served in the kind of a chief operation officer role, which was still a big step for you know people that didn't trust me, didn't know me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I had the benefit of working side by side with him for six months. Um, and then he made a soft exit. And then uh, finally, he decided that he was going to step down from day-to-day operations in July of 2019. Um, so I had the benefit of learning from the guy that built the business. Um, we certainly have different styles. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I learned a lot from him. I think he took a few things from me. And I think overall, it's benefited the organization well. Would you feel like you're, you're running hospitals is, is no easy feat either? Um, what did you bring over to the industry from the hospital industry? Where did you feel like aviation was really different, lacking the most? You know, there's a couple of things. Um, I would say, first of all, specifically for our organization, they've always been kind of a front runner, even though they're a middle to low, low, uh, high volume operator um, in air ambulance. They've always had a a relatively heavy focus on uh, the travel insurance, travel assist business. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a wide open market share for both international and domestic medical tourism. Uh, and 
I think my relationships and experiences, both with working with hospitals, of course, uh, but managed care companies has offered us an opportunity that didn't prior exist in, in this particular organization. Um, don't get me wrong, it's been challenging during COVID. Hospitals and managed care guys have had a whole lot more to do than talk to some guy trying to sell them a plane. So, no doubt, no doubt. Um, you know, the other thing I think that is a tremendous opportunity for the industry is if you go back to the advent of Medicare in hospitals in 1965, um, the system was really set up to reward hospitals that provided high quality, um, high safety, um, good clinical outcomes and good customer service. And I would say the hospital industry specifically has done a good job in developing methodologies and, and being able to track those results because they got paid for it. Um, if you weren't putting out, you know, A plus or A minus uh, results, then you, you didn't get paid like an A plus provider. And I think the aviation industry overall does a great job, but I think there's opportunity to get a little more sophisticated in our methods um, and certainly in results reporting on quality and safety. Um, and, you know, by virtue of, of the progression in the aviation industry, we're doing a great job. The industry overall is doing a great job and it's a safe industry. But, you know, at the end of the day, we're flying lives and we're taking care of people on a daily basis. So there's always room for improvement. Yeah. What, uh, you know, what's your, yeah, look, it's competitive industry. I mean, it's uh, air ambulance is a, uh, it's competitive. It's hard to make money. Um, you know, what, uh, what, you know, what, what are the biggest challenges you face, you know, day in, day out, trying to make it all come together? Well, um, you know, COVID, as we all know, it, it's certainly thrown a wrench in everything. Uh, travel's reduced, and a lot of our business is traveling. If people aren't away from home, they're not in necessarily in need of our services. In the early outset of COVID, uh, there were some unique opportunities to move people about because of the crowding in different hospitals and in different communities and lack of ventilators and lack of ICU beds. Um, but I think the industry itself has done well. Uh, there's gonna be some folks that go by the wayside, but as the aging of the population continues, as people like to travel, there's always gonna be a market for air ambulance and getting people back home to better care. And a lot of people travel to the Caribbean and third world countries, and they just don't have the same resources that we have here in the, in the great United States. Yeah, do the airplanes, I mean, obviously airplanes are machines, complex machines, and they are, and then you then you then you stack <laughs> then you stack an ICU inside of it, and it makes it even more challenging. Yeah, um, how do you keep growing it? I mean, at, at, at the end, of the, how do you keep yeah? How do you keep driving it forward? Well, you know, we went from you know 85, 95 flights a month in January, February, March to when the world shut down, we were doing 25, 30, uh, April, May, June, July, and, and fortunate to have those. Uh, but I got a pretty creative team. I mean, they've talked to a lot of sports franchises. Um, they've talked to some college franchises about moving athletes around. Uh, we've done a little bit of that and fortunate to have those relationships. Um, you know, we were we, we just looked at every possible vertical that we could find. We have expertise in healthcare. We've got good logistics teams. We've got good sales teams. 
And so we just focused on any and every market that we can and uh, fought and scratched every single day to win every flight that we could. I mean, the good news is in October, we were back to what we expected and actually outperformed what we did in 2019. So hopefully that means that people are starting to get out and about a little bit and we'll get this vaccination done and get people back on the road. You know, God forbid anybody ever gets sick or hurt, but we want to be here and be the best in, in class to do it. It's crazy. How, uh, who's your customer? I mean, obviously you've got the customer as the patient or the patient's family. But, you know, there, there's insurance companies out there. There's hospital chains. Who's the real customer? I mean, who, who you know, who is driving the quality of the quality? If, you know, an air ambulance is something somebody may have to use once yeah. in their life. So they don't know what they don't know. And, you know, who's driving the safety, the quality, the, the you know, is, it, is it a hospital chain? Is it insurance companies that are, you know, these people are insured by? You know, what? Uh, you know, how does all that work? Well, uh, you know, I preach every day that ultimately it's the patient and the family that we're picking up. That's the ultimate customer. But we don't, like you said, unless it's an Internet or a phone call, we don't usually deal with those more than one or two times uh, throughout a lifetime, hopefully. Um, we've got great relationships with some of the world's biggest insurers. Um and uh, they have their own quality standards and quality metrics. And uh, fortunately, we're, you know, rated at the very top of URAMI, which is an international inspection group, um, both bases are north and south. Um, I'd like to use the adage, and I've used it ever since I walked into the first hospital I ever managed. And that's uh, people really don't care what you know until they know that you care. And so that's something that I preach every day. Uh, we've lost good team members that were great clinicians uh, because they didn't take the time to make sure the people they were caring for understood that they were there to protect them and to care for them. And again, nobody cares how good of a clinician you are unless they know that you truly care about them as a human being. And but we've had great opportunities. Uh, we've got some unique opportunities coming up. Uh, we've got a big push into Latin America and the Caribbean, uh, working with several of uh, the major uh, centers of excellence around the United States, uh, University of Chicago in particular. Um, I've got some good friends that run that medical tourism program. And so we're going to partner with them and see if we can make a difference in Latin America as well. So it's, it, it's interesting to me that, you know, your, your equity partners, you know, um, you know, they came to you as a hospital CEO, say, can you run our air ambulance company? They did not, they did not go to an industry, you know, uh, someone with an airplane background. They went to somebody with a hospital background. Um yeah, it is. And I still wonder myself, Craig, I mean, the first time they called me, Barry Banther, which is the guy I was talking about, uh, he said, what do you know about air ADA or uh, the, what do you know about air ambulance service? And I said, well, um, I know how to order a drink from about row 30 in an airplane. <laughs> there <you laughs> That's go. about it. Uh, but, you know, I think their vision all along was to be strong in not only the travel assist and travel insurance, but also to really take advantage of a vertical they never had. Um, and someone that understands managed care can think like a hospital administrator thinks. And don't get me wrong, it's never the hospital CEO that makes decisions in the hospital. It's the people that are doing the day-to-day -day on the front lines. It's the case managers. It's the nurses. It's the physicians. 
Um, but it was a strong opportunity for Air Ambulance Worldwide. And, uh, you know, I think my background from that standpoint is perfect. Um, you're helping us fulfill a role that uh, we desperately need. Uh, someone that can bring the operations and the pilots and the mechanics and make sure that the safety and the quality is there. Um, I've learned a lot, but that's certainly not my forte. And mm -hmm. so I've always been a firm believer if you get the right people on the bus and you got the right plan, then half the battle's over. Yeah, but it makes it easy too. If you're if you're running your PL and you're a big part of the P side, you know, you're out, you know, managing the business, you know, getting the business. You're more than a CEO. You're, you're you become the face of the business. It's it's got to give the hospital chain a lot of comfort that hey, here's a guy that's talking our language already. We don't have to explain it to him two, three, four times over. He gets it. It does, and I, I I'm blessed. We've got a medical director that's just a top notch guy. Um, he's equally um, he's equally capable. Um, he's a phenomenal physician, but he's equally capable of sitting down at the board boardroom table and talking business with hospital CEOs, CFOs. At the end of the day, they want to make sure their patient's taken care of, that they're getting superior clinical care, but they also have to watch their, you know, their dollars and their cents. And, and uh, so he's, he's really gifted at having those conversations. And, uh, you know, I've just, I, I've been really, really fortunate to be surrounded by great people. We've got good aviators. We've got good salespeople. Uh, we've got great mechanics. Um, and uh, they're doing it all right. I think we get this country going again and uh, open up the world for more tourism. And uh, there'll be a great need and we'll be here to fulfill it. There you go. What about, you know, yeah. challenges moving forward. Obviously, COVID is moving out. You've got you know a fleet of airplanes. You can add to your fleet. Do you? How do you balance? You know the cost of an airplane. I mean, how do you balance the cost of an airplane versus the the future revenue? I mean, that's a big. You know, that's capital equipment. It's a huge capital cost to go it, buy an airplane, all, and then you know. Yeah, it's awfully challenging, Craig. I mean. Um, you're looking at eight, eight, eight hundred thousand to a million dollars minimum in investment, you know, in these aircraft. Um, and you got to do a whole lot of trips with a little bit of margin to pay for one. Uh, but, you know, this industry does a lot of Learjets. We fly four Learjets in the south and then we've got citations up north. And, uh, you know, you know, as well as I do, the legacy and the age of the aircraft, they especially if you're working with hospitals or organ procurement or managed care companies or insurance companies, that are more of a routine basis. They expect uptime and they expect reliability. And so it's a challenge that we face. And I think everybody in our, you know, in our industry faces, um, we got good equity guys. And I think if we can show them strong ROI and we can show them strong opportunity to continue to grow the business that they're going to invest in us. And uh, so far they've proven to do so. There you go. I'd like to. I'd like to add about four or five new ones this coming year. Uh, we're looking at you know post COVID doing a thousand plus uh, flights and missions. Um, there's no reason we can't wake up one day and look and say, "Hey, we built a fifty million dollar company." What's the balance of you know you've got a patient from an international patient coming back to repatriating to the U.S. or Canada, organ transplants? Uh, what's the what's the balance of of your mission, how are people? How do your clients? How do they? How do, how do they find you? Are they? Yeah, they're well. 
Fortunately, about 50-60% of that business is with the insurance companies, uh, travel insurance and travel assist. We get another 25 uh, that probably comes from internet calls, uh, SEO, and just like everybody else driving their business, you got to be top of mind. Um, the new business, and I think our future growth is going to be 100% focused on you know, don't get me wrong, we're going to maintain and build upon those relationships. We're a provider with RBC. Uh, we've got some really, really strong uh, industry known wide uh, friends. Uh, but that new business is exactly what you said. It's going to come from managed care organizations, third party administrators, large employers, uh, and hospital systems and centers of excellence. Um, I had a bunch of them teed up and then the whole world shut down and they said, Hey, we got to go focus on this uh, line of people outside trying to get tested. So let's put this on hold. Yeah. Um, but just like you and I are doing, uh, we've learned to do a lot of this virtually. Uh, I'm still a face-to-face -face guy. I'd rather sit in the boardroom and talk to them, but uh, Hey, we'll take it when we, where we can get it. But you know, the, the scary, here's the scary thing, Travis, is that, you know, vaccine's coming, you know, in a week, it's going to start getting distributed to, you know, first responders, healthcare providers. And then, you know, by April, May, the, I'll say the vast majority of the population that wants it will have the opportunity to get it. And then the floodgates opened up, open up. My wife is already telling me, hey, we've got $4,000 worth of airline tickets on credit at an American. Where are we going? Where are we, where are we going? You know, and that's that's you know literally what's going to happen. I think the world is going to open up crazy for leisure travel, starting about summer, and it's all going back to the you know the the, the Caribbean, you know the the Belizes of the world, the under the the, the Cancuns and the hotspots, and yeah, you, know, you can be right. I mean, it's it uh, the the floodgates open up. All of a sudden, that ninety no, those ninety flights you were doing a month become one hundred and twenty, and you're in your scramble. Absolutely. Is there is there room for growth with you guys? Do you have some? Uh, yeah, we, yeah, we've got outdoor equipment. Right now, you know, unfortunately, we've got excess capacity. Uh, this year is going to be really strange. Um, kind of. January through April is typically our Christmas season. Uh, we make about 30, 40% of our budget just in those, you know, three or four right. months. Um, and that's going to be a little bit strained in 2020. The Canadians that come down and uh, have, you know, spend time in Florida or go down to the Caribbean or even own homes here. Um, I don't know that they're going to get across the border right away. Um, so, what we typically see is 40, 50% of our volume for the entire year in that first quarter, we're probably going to be struggling a little bit uh, this year. Um, but I think we can supplant some of that stuff uh, with this medical tourism stuff. At the end of the day, um, broken hips, strokes, and unfortunately heart attacks, they don't really care what, what the governments think and yep. they got to go somewhere. And yep. uh, so we'll be there. Uh, we've got a couple of opportunities with organ procurement organizations that could add 300 flights. Uh, so I've already started knocking on the equity guy's door and saying, hey, <laughs> we might need that eight or nine hundred thousand dollars times two or three. Um, it's and a good problem to have, right? Money's cheap. It, good time to go. Is. You know, good time to go add some uh, go add some airplanes to the uh, yeah, to the fleet and some extra pilots and, uh, and see what happens. Right. 
It is. I, I think there will be some bargains out there. And we were pretty hot and heavy in the acquisition um, opportunity market uh, pre-COVID. Um, I still think some of those opportunities will exist. We'd like to get a base out on the West Coast. We've got some things that we want to make sure that we're doing as best in class here. Uh, but then we're ready to take the show on the road. We share um we have the same opportunities on the West Coast. I mean, you know, the ladies and gentlemen, British and Columbia, British Columbia, they love to go to Mexico and they love to hang out on the West Coast. And so same insurers covering these guys. And we hope to be over there soon and running that route. How do you motivate pilots and flight crews? Obviously, you know, you're, you're getting a call from a family or an insurer and your call out time, maybe a couple hours. I mean, it's like, hey, look, yeah. you know, go fire up the jet. So those guys are on demand and, and girls are on demand and tied to beepers. How do you keep them motivated, you know, all the time? Now, that's got to be a huge challenge to, you know, schedule, keep them motivated, keep them ready to go, um, you know, when you're on demand like that. You know, Craig, I think that, our, our pilots and especially our medical crew, I mean, they're in it for the mission. They love to fly. That's been their life. Many of them uh, served in our military and thank them for that. Uh, but at the end of the day, they see the true mission. And the mission is that we're often going into people's lives at the most tragic time. Mm -hmm. um, they, I, I can't tell you the number of times. One of the fun things I like to do is I, I'm absolutely no help other than carrying baggage uh, to either the pilots or the medical team. But I like to get in the back of the plane and go see what firsthand the difference that we make. Um, and I think that's what drives them. I mean, we've got guys. Uh, I think right now we're on a, 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 a seven on, uh, no, 10 on uh, seven off program. Mm -hmm. And uh, we got guys every day that they may be scheduled off, but they're available. And if you call them, they'll drop what they're doing and they'll come in and take care of it. Because they know at the end of the day, these people don't have a whole lot of choice. They've got a limited amount of time to get to a better place to care for them. And I think that motivates them and drives them. And um, it takes a very, very uh, special personality uh, to do that. But uh they're out there and, uh, you know, some people enjoy cargo and, uh, golf clubs and, and golf, you know, golf tours. Uh, and some people like to go and uh, get the most, uh, you know, the sickest patients that are out there and get them to a, a new place of care and, and feel great about themselves when they go home that night. Gotcha. Well, congratulations on all the success. I know it, uh, it's been a tough time, but you guys have seen a lot of success over the years. And you I appreciate great, that. And you a great team, I, but. And hey, man, thank you. Yeah, you're a great friend to me, to this company. You've served as a mentor. Uh, you do a lot for our industry. And uh, man, God bless you and Merry Christmas. You too. Thanks for coming on, Travis. Appreciate right. you. See you soon. Bye. I hope you enjoyed the latest edition of the Aerospace Executive Podcast. You can reach out to me directly, Craig at NorthStarESG.com. Or check us out at www.northstaresg.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, or on YouTube. Just do a search for Aerospace Executive Podcast. Thanks again. I'm Craig Pippen.